As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, I had a small snort. I've been struggling to breathe through my mouth recently. I've been sucking a lot of air in my <laughs> nose and vibrating the back of my throat. Lots of snorts here. The, the fact that we survive every day is kind of incredible. Yes. It reminds me of, you're reminding me of some comedian that was talking about this woman. She was talking about when she lived alone, she would go outside and take her vitamins as someone was walking <laughs> by her on the street just in case she choked so someone could help her. You never really know, but we're glad you're here with us today, and we hope that our episodes that come out every single Sunday night will help keep you here and keep you coming back and spending time with us. Yeah. And we're we're two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hi. And I'm Sabrina. And I, based on our little like weird intro, I don't know where it came from, I have to tell <laughs> everyone a story. Because it is hilarious. And Corinne, I, I sent you a okay. screenshot of this. But the ghosts are on our side. All of them. I don't know who they are, but they are. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm remembering the screenshot you sent. Making, yes. They are making people listen to our podcast. So this guy Facebook messages me, like requests me. His name's Will. And sends me a message and goes, I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. Hey, I'm just wondering if like you actually believe in the stuff you talk about because the craziest thing happened to me last night. Before last night, I have never heard of you or your friend. But while I was in my truck on the phone with my cousin, I had Pandora on. But when I'm on a call, it shuts off the music. So out of nowhere, your podcast pops up on my truck screen. And then you and your friend talking started playing in the middle of my conversation. And it was playing through the earpiece. And I've never heard Pandora play anything but on the external speakers or earbuds. And then your voices were coming through my phone call clearer than if we were on a three-way conversation. I shut my Pandora off and it just kept playing. I turned my truck off and it kept playing. Oh, gosh, it's so weird. I know. And then I responded and he just responded back on Sunday, yesterday. He said, yeah, not only did it work when I was on the phone talking to my cousin, it was playing through the phone. And so we were both listening to it. And was like, <laughs> you two were, it was like as if you two were on a three way call with me and my cousin. And my cousin What? is a conspiracy theorist and it had him so freaked out. And as for the ghost thing, I've had some surreal experiences that I'm scared to even tell anyone because I would probably be committed. 
But yeah, what happened no, was no, tell us. so wild. And I even tried to duplicate it on my truck and my phone. It was not possible. So what did happen was definitely a weird phenomenon. So Will, who's never heard of us or our podcast, has never played it before, is on a phone call and the ghosts started playing our podcast. Through the phone and then through his car after he shut after it off. After he shut it off. That I I literally just got chills as you're repeating what Will said. That is freaky. I know. It's I mean, I'm glad that the ghosts are doing this for <laughs> us because we always say pyramid scheme and clearly they're listening. Yes. They're on board. But my goodness, what an interesting way to <laughs> make a believer out of someone or just to to get us more listeners. Our ghosts are not <laughs> like, very subtle. They're just like, we're just gonna no. be here and we're gonna make weird things happen. <laughs> They're, they're so not only strange. making listeners out of our of the world, they're making them believers. So they're working both fronts. Yes. You know what I'm thinking right now? Because I always tend to take the stance of this happened for a reason, whether it's like some sort of intervention or, or you're in this position because someone else needs you and you're the right person at the moment. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if since Will said he would never tell anyone his stories because he can't even come to terms with what happened to him and he he's afraid of what people will think. Maybe that we were supposed to be connected with him so that he will tell his story mm. so that one of our listeners who needs to hear his story for their own like safety right. and their own paranormal experiences will hear it. Ooh. Wow, we're all connected here. I know. We're just the middleman. We are. Oh, we're mediums. <gasps> <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> Finally. This is what we've been trying to do our whole lives. We made it. (laughs) We made it. Oh, my gosh. You know, we've been hearing so many things since we started the podcast about like weird glitches with phones and and technology and our podcast and it playing on its own or or whatnot. But I've never heard of a car actually shutting. That's what's getting me. Like the car was turned off. And it just kept playing. We're powerful. So wild. Actually, can I tell you something that's been happening to me recently? And I don't know what it is, but someone else might know. So this is my, I'm telling you, but it's also a call to action to our listeners to tell me what the hell is happening to me. What's happening? When I've been doing yoga, I started doing yoga again recently. And when I do it, when I finish and I'm like laying down, I, my hands, like right in front of my hands, like above my palm and also at the bottom of my feet, it's like vibrating. It's hard to describe. It's not like it's tingling, like like circulation. It's like this, sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's hot. It's usually kind of cool hmm. air. It feels like there's energy buzzing, like cold air energy buzzing above my hands and below my feet. And so that started at first just after I did yoga. But then recently, every night when I go to bed, <gasps> I'm whispering because I'm at my boyfriend's house and I don't want him to think I'm crazy. <laughs> but every night before I go to bed, it happens to me again and I have to flip my palms down like towards the ground Whoa. because if they're up i feel like really open You're too strong and it freaks me out i feel like someone's trying to suck my soul oh i was gonna say i feel like electricity is gonna come out of your hand and you're gonna like <laughs> put spells into the world oh maybe i was i was nervous that something was trying to just like grab through my my palms or something no but actually maybe yeah maybe i'm supposed to practice reiki or something yeah like that. i mean it sounds like i mean especially just based on when you say you're experiencing this, like after yoga, which is a very meditative thing that a lot of people use mm-hmm. to connect to the, you know, the paranormal realm and before bed, which is also another like relaxing state of being. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is. I hadn't really thought much of it. And I used to do, I mean, I started doing yoga when I was like 16 or something like that. And it's never happened to me before. I felt like very peaceful after. But this is the first time that my body's like something's buzzing around it. Maybe it's a combination of things. And now you're ready to embrace your powers. Maybe we are actually going to start speaking with the dead, (gasps) becoming full on. What if I start automatic writing and the episodes just turn into I just get taken over and you never know what my topic's going to be? I want you to automatic speak. Can you automatic speak? Because that would be more entertaining for our listeners. It's like, here's our topic. And the ghost is like, I picked my own. It was a choose your own adventure this episode. We're not doing what you said. That sounds amazing. I have to do less work. It kind of does. I know. Oh, again, I every episode it's like on TikTok. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sabrina, what the fuck was that? What was that? My microphone. It popped it flew out. At oh me. my god! <laughs> that was so scary. <laughs> it just like fell on your face. <laughs> Excuse me. That's never happened before. <laughs> was it secure, or was there some spirit trying to retaliate? I thought it was secure, but maybe it's not. The spirit's like, you want less work? Don't give me your work. <laughs> Take your microphone. Throwing the mic. Like, you do it. You chose to do this. This is your work, not I've mine. I've been doing it for three and a half years. Can you just <laughs> do one episode? We get you all of your listeners and you're still so self-centered and selfish. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> My goodness. That was really aggressive. What I was going to say, though, was that... I know. Are you okay? So. It kind of looked like it hurt. No, it didn't hit my face because luckily this thing's protecting me. But I think, though, that your neck is going to have whiplash from your reaction. Uh, I need a massage. <laughs> from the speed of your neck crank. <laughs> it was really shocking. <laughs> it was very shocking. Wow. Uh, Welcome home. I feel like... I know. Do you feel the same? I feel like you do, where we're both kind of tired and delusional, but you especially, where if we laugh too hard, it might turn to tears <laughs> and we might not be able to stop. So we should try not to. And then people will think I'm pregnant and, and ask if I have taken Yeah, people always because, think you're pregnant. And I'm like, I haven't well, been home for three weeks, so now I'm not. Well, you never know. Maybe tonight's some night. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, what were you saying? Before the ghost rudely interrupted. Oh. <laughs> uh, I saw a video of this girl. She she made an appointment with her doctor, but basically she's like an extremely high functioning sleepwalker. And she wrote, I think it was like wrote to her professor and changed some date of assignment. She just did a ton of different stuff during her sleep. She curled her hair. Like what? She, she straight up did like five hours of wake time chores and tasks all during her sleep. And she's she's bumped out three videos of her sleep productivity and yeah everyone's like this is not normal (laughs) obviously but she's really high functioning which is scary she can write full sentences and email things i do wonder how that affects her day-to-day like is she extremely exhausted when she's awake because she's putting out so much energy while she's sleeping yeah that's a good question i don't know i mean i can hardly do those tasks while i'm awake I know. let alone <laughs> it does make you wonder though the people that claim that they were sleepwalking when they murder someone mm-hmm. what was it is it is it real can someone actually do that i bet that someone could but i also think a lot of people could use that as an excuse for their yes own. there's a whole movie based off of that wasn't Channing tatum the, the husband the husband slash victim yeah, i think i don't know that sounds familiar but i don't remember Oh, okay. I am not a TikTok person, but 
guess what? I know something that happened on TikTok. What? There was a girl in New York City who, like, kept feeling this, like, weird breeze in her Mm -hmm. apartment. And she was just like, where is this coming from? Like, yes, it's cold out. And, like, I get that there are probably, like, places that, like, air comes through the walls and stuff. But she was, like, in her bathroom and her hair was, like, flowing in the wind. Come to find mm-hmm. out, she, she like, it's coming from behind her mirror. So she takes the mirror off and finds a whole other apartment behind her. It's, like, larger than her current yes. New York City apartment. It is an entire other apartment. And apparently there was, like, this water bottle there that seemed relatively new. So there might have been someone living in the essentially so abandoned crazy. apartment behind her. And there was just, like, a hole in the wall. So very easily someone could have come into hers. But also, like, how, how does a, an apartment just go unknown because it's it's one thing to share a wall with another apartment but like right for it to just be blocked yeah that there's no entry from any other place whoever owns that apartment had to have known right. because the the mirror when they put the mirror up there was a big hole there was a hole yeah there was a hole yeah it's not like it's dry what's it called Drywall. dry rock sheet wall dry. yeah it's you not just that added so many words to that <laughs> I'm not in building and construction sheet wall. It's amazing, though, that it's been untouched and left like that because we all hear it's notorious New York City square footage and apartments and rent. I'm shocked no one has put the money in whoever owns it. If anyone does, I mean, someone has to. I'm shocked that they haven't turned it into something. Well, I hope that girl just gets it. If I were her, I wouldn't have. She shouldn't have told anyone. She should have been really quiet and then just like redone it herself Knocked down her bathroom wall yeah asked her landlord like oh can i buy this condo and then just take it on over <laughs> another thing on tiktok and i'm going to share this video with you i will sh- i will send it to you there's actually a bunch of them and i watched them last night and it scared the shit out of me this guy named josh dean he has a two-year-old daughter she just uh-huh. had her birthday recently nothing ever happened prior to her turning two but basically when she turned two which the assumption might be that one of the toys she got had something attached to it Oh, no. Um, oh, no. There is something in their apartment. Oh, I'm getting the chills right now. It is so I scary. He has so many photos, Sabrina. And they're all photos taken from, like, it's a night cam. Most of them. Some of them are oh, day. No. But it's, it's even like, scarier. It's the nanny. Ca- I know. I have so many chills. It's the nanny cam. So the very first video that I saw that made me go to his page was his two-year-old daughter getting out of bed and leaning underneath her toddler bed so there's like you know a foot of space underneath her bed and kind of interacting with something and she starts to like get down and semi start crawling under no and then she gets dragged under sabrina she gets pulled and she starts screaming and she's crying and she's like mommy mommy and then you see her twice throughout the rest of the video for like the another 90 seconds it took for her mom to to wake up from the monitor and come and get her but You see her peeking out of the side of the bed and then at the base of the bed trying to crawl her way out and getting dragged back twice. Oh, man. I just Googled this. I need to watch it. Yes. There's so many videos. You need to go on everything on the page. There's also (gasps) you have to listen to. Oh, I'm getting. Yeah. I'm nonstop chills. There's another video during the day where she walks into her room and a voice goes, lay down. (gasps) And then she goes underneath her bed again and then starts freaking out. And then there's multiple videos of her sleeping in her parents bed with either her mom or her dad because she they're like not having her sleep in her room anymore because it's so scary and they've caught all this stuff on film and in the bed with her mom and dad the her stuffed animal her doll will start moving you'll see her leg get picked up 
and you'll see the back of her shirt be pulled <gasps> and you'll hear someone talking to her. Oh my God, can I watch this real quick? Yeah, watch that one. It, oh, oh my God, my chills. There's so many videos though. Everyone should go watch it. Again, the name, let me tell you, I think it's, it's Josh, Josh Dean. Dean 0222. Is this her toy going off? Probably. It's very, very freaky. And everyone in the comments is is trying to give suggestions, basically saying, like, get out of the house. And they're like, we don't have the money to just up and leave. <gasps> oh, my. She's being pulled underneath. She's getting pulled. She's you can. It's straight up. Paranormal. Mommy. It's the paranormal activity movie. But this on is the nightmare I had. Dude, this is a nightmare of the girl <gasps> being pulled into the fridge. Sabrina. Oh, my gosh. I have chills. Oh, my God. I hate this so much, but I like can't not watch. You can't not watch. Yeah. Oh, her! she's being pulled off the bed. It, yeah. There's another video, too, where she's... Yeah, are you watching the video now where she's basically laying on her stomach and then she just gets dragged, like, a foot down towards down the end the of her bed? She just gets, like, yanked. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This oh my poor God. two-year-old little sweetie. I might need to join TikTok just so I can watch all of those. See? This is why... I mean, granted... I would never tell anyone to get on TikTok because to get to those few videos that we talk about, you have 10 hours of your life sucked away from you from watching other videos because it's quite addicting. But when you find something like that, it is shocking. Okay, well, now I know what I'm doing tonight. Tonight? Don't do it when the sun is down. I know, but I just, I can't forget to watch it. You have to remind, okay, I'm going to put a calendar reminder tomorrow morning. Yeah. I mean, do do what you want, but. No, because you're right. I'm going to, yeah, I can't do that tonight. So I think tonight. you need actual uninterrupted sleep. I'm going to tell you that now. <laughs> As your friend, I think you need to go to bed. <laughs> right now? Do I have permission? Ghost, do you want to take Not over? Right now. <laughs> no, no, don't. Don't taunt the ghost. It's going to throw the microphone at your face again. That's true. Ugh. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Ooh, into our stories we go. Into the stories we go. We went incredibly broad. (laughs) (laughs) Our topic that we chose for ourselves was global hauntings. So Mm -hmm. really anywhere in the earth. (laughs) But I think for us, it meant outside of the United States because we do that quite often. We do. We do. We tend to, to favor what's right around us because it's just... A quick drive or flight away. But now we're going and hopping away from our our country and, for me, our continent. It's funny. Now that I'm looking at it, we could have just called this hauntings of Sweden. Are you also in Sweden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that, guys. We chose hauntings in Sweden. All the world we could have gone to. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, oh, my goodness. 
We could have wow. gone anywhere in the world and we both chose Sweden. What Look does at that, that mean we're both, for us? I feel like we did that one time with Japan or, or, or somewhere over in Asia. I think we both picked the exact same country. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the know. ghosts are doing work for us. I think we give ourselves way more credit than than what is due. I don't think we're entirely in control of the direction of this <laughs> podcast. We are Let's be real. We're just puppets. All right. So for my ghost story, we are going to Kimlinge, Sweden, in the 1970s. The town was nearby Stockholm, still is, it still exists. And the government was looking to develop rural areas and to urbanize some of the suburbs of Stockholm, Kimlinge included. And so began construction to build a metro, a train, to head into Kimlinge and a bunch of other areas. Kimlinge was set to be a stop on this new blue line. So construction began and it was a little slow. It was actually a little too slow. <laughs> and by the unveiling of the blue line in 1977, the station at Kimlingo was not finished. A lot of other stations were finished, and so they were included on the stop on the blue line. But Kimlinga was not. And so it was not a stop on the route. But rather than finish the metro stop, construction ceased. And it was just left there, abandoned, waiting for a green light in the future to eventually continue the project and to bring trains into this town. But it sat and it sat, and the station at Kimlinga waited and waited, and the people began to give up on the station. But it seems someone or something else has found use in this conveniently Ooh. abandoned station. For people began to see the spectral image of a train. No way. It was silver. I have chills again. <laughs> This is a chill episode. It was silver, earning it the nickname Silverpilen, which means silver arrow. And this stuck out. This train really stuck out, not just because it's this phantom train, but because all of the other metros in the area, it, basically in Sweden and, and Stockholm area, are painted green. So at the time, everything was green. But this one, this one train, it was silver. Ooh. It was never painted. It was this bright silver aluminum on all eight cars of the train, there was no graffiti in sight, no advertisements. It was just a bare silver train. Whoa. And residents of the town who happened to be passing through the area late at night would sometimes spot this train, would spot this silver pilon gliding along the tracks, seemingly floating, and stopping at the Kimlinge Abandoned Station. What? And this terrified the people that would actually see this happen. And so tales of silver pilon began to rush Around the town, it spread, and late-night travelers were weary of this now ghost train. Some witnesses claimed to actually see people get off of the train, and these people had vacant faces. They would oh take God. a few steps, and then they would basically just disappear. They just looked they looked like walking corpses almost. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. And so the rumor began or was started that this train was transporting the dead, that it was a portal between worlds. Ooh. But there's this one issue with this theory. Transporting the dead, perhaps. But what about transporting the living? A few people were not as lucky as the other locals who knew of this ghost train and who knew that the station was abandoned in Kimlinge. And a few people were just like, yeah, I'm, I'm traveling through the town and went up to the station to catch a ride. And they no. did because the <gasps> Silver Peeling ghost train stopped for them. And to what? the rider, at first, for apparently for from those who have survived, to the rider, everything appears normal at first. 
But then after some time, they realized that the train was continuing on. It was not going to any other stops. They were just traveling and they were traveling and traveling. And so the writer had no other option but to just sit there and ride it out. And they could run the cars, they could bang on the doors, but the ride would continue. Nothing would happen. No one would talk oh to my them. Gosh. They were stuck on the train. And when the train eventually did stop for those lucky ones who got off the train, they were dropped right back off at Kimlinge, the same station. So Ooh. you might be thinking, okay, well, is this just like an odd manipulation of time? Was someone hallucinating maybe? Yeah. But passengers didn't glitch. feel like they'd been on. Yeah, possibly a glitch. But everybody who was on, although they were like reporting, you know, it feels like we're we're traveling and traveling and traveling and we're not going anywhere. They didn't feel like a super long chunk of time had had occurred. It just felt like a long ride, but but it wasn't anything super unfathomable. But mm. on the outside world, what was reflected was that a incredibly long chunk of time had passed. Oh my god. Sometimes gosh. it was just a few hours like people had felt. Sometimes days, no. weeks, no. months. <gasps> one rider of Silver Palin had wanted to go only one stop, one stop forward, but it took a week to get there. They were dropped back off at Kimlinge one week after getting on. I'm shook. And so these passengers, they're just basically disappearing into this glitch, into this wrinkle in time, only to be dropped back in the same spot sometime later, sometimes much later. Another version of the legend says that Silver Pelin only appears once a year, meaning that riders are trapped on the train for a whole year. Whoa. So after a year of riding this train, anyone who was unlucky enough to have boarded it a year prior is dropped off. And these gaunt, undead-looking people that other people are claiming to see get off the train are actually not spirits of the other world, but riders of this world that are finally oh. escaping the train after one year of being a prisoner. So everyone in the town is like, what the hell is happening? There's rumors all around of Silver Pelin. People are getting really nervous. And they begin to fear accidentally stepping onto this train because, yes, there were tales of survivors that were returned back into our world. But what if you were the unlucky one? What if you just went missing and no one knew what happened to you and you were never, ever returned? What if you step on, you're tired, you're groggy, it's been a long day, you're trying to get home, or maybe, you know, you've been out out on the town and you're a little, uh, your wits aren't with you and you're not quite aware of your surroundings and you just- That's a nice way you, to say drunk. <laughs> I'm trying to be nicer to the previous version of myself that I feel such shame about when thinking of my, my drunken excursion. <laughs> just the wits weren't about her. Um <laughs> But then these people could so easily step on this phantom train and never step off again. And so people are now fearing being either stuck on the train, being in this time loop, something happening to them, or never, ever being able to return. And so many people are like, we just have to avoid this area at night. Let's have our suspicions grow. It's We can all support each other to not go <laughs> to this metro stop. It's supposed to be abandoned anyway. What are you people doing? But the problem is, is that Kimlinge is not the only stop that the Silver Pelin then goes to. Oh. The Silver Pelin <gasps> was starting to be reported all over the place. It was traveling along other abandoned metro lines in the Stockholm area. So basically, it was just stopping everywhere abandoned and trying to oh. entice people to come on. It would just suddenly appear, seemingly out of nowhere, and sometimes it would stop. Sometimes it would actually just speed past and then vanish into nothingness. 
And this put people on high alert. No longer was the metro the go-to for getting home after a late night. People were just trying to figure out what to do to avoid this eternal death sentence on the silver peeling. So now for a while, people thought that they may have an explanation for silver peeling. Because back in the 1960s, Stockholm Metro actually did launch an eight-car train that looked a lot like silver peeling. It was unpainted aluminum. There were no frills inside, no advertisements, no posters. And it was viewed as this like really cold and alien-like train. And people just really liked the green metro trains. That's what they were used to. Mm -hmm. And the silver train, it just really wasn't used much anyway. So people weren't getting super used to it. It was really only used as a backup train. So if there was like a really bad rush hour or if another train broke down, they would implement and send out this eight-car silver train. Interesting. So it was assumed by some that because people didn't see this train frequently, the sight of it stirred up some attention and imaginative stories. And what better way to enhance your spooky tale than to sprinkle in an old abandoned train stop? And Kim Linga was perfect for that. However, this train was decommissioned in 1996, and half of the train was sent to the Stockholm Police Academy for cadets to practice policing crime on metros, which I think is so cool that, that they actually get to cool. be on the train and be like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and that's how I assume you respond to a crime. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I've caught you. I've caught you. And you're stuck on the train, so you must come with me, sir. Uh, uh, and then another one of the cars was sent back to headquarters of the Swedish company that built it. And another cool thing that they did with this that company who who brought back their train car turned the train car into a company cafeteria. <laughs> so now you can eat oh. on the train in the middle of the the office, which is so cool. It's like a little diner. That is so fun. That reminds me of our friend Sarah's beach house in San Diego, which is a train car. Yes, I've never been to it, but I, I it's so hear cute. that it's adorable. Very cute. So cool. I love all of those t- different things. That you can do. My words aren't with me tonight. But I understand but what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. You are arresting me on a train. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? That's what you were saying. <laughs> you're just so believable. I'm quite literally the worst police officer that ever <laughs> existed. I'd be distracted by the ghosts or the potential of ghosts on a train. I do love stories though when when police officers have like investigate things that are paranormal and they're just like, this is very out of my league. Yeah. We had talked about it one time that that video that was seen of the security guard that had to go up to this room in a hotel. And once he went inside and realized no one was in there, he just came like flying out the door and running down the hall. Nope. As you should. You shouldn't have to deal with that. As all of us would do. Exactly. Um, But basically my point is, is that this train was decommissioned in 1996. So for the past 25 years, people have been seeing this train that doesn't exist anymore because it's not just out of operation. It was taken apart and its parts live in many different places. So it's no longer in use. There are no trains like it. And yet the sightings of Silver Peelin continue on. And the sightings sound too like it isn't a normal train. Like when people see it, it sounds like it appears kind of spectrally. Yes, it draws attention to it. And people know that it's out of place and it looks odd and it disappears and depending on if you're a writer or if you're just a witness, many, many different things can happen. So weird. So weird. But yeah, that's the story of the silver peelin. And the locals will still tell you that only the dead get off at Kimlinge. Eek! 
I have so many questions because we've talked about ghost trains before and like how there's like a train to the afterlife in those conversations. I feel like it's had a very like kind of beautiful feeling to it. Mm -hmm. But this almost reminds me a bit of like good place where there's the train between like the good place and the nothingness and the bad place. Yeah. And then it also kind of reminds me of Hogwarts where there's the train to Hogwarts that like the muggles don't know about, but it's very much there. And so, like, if people accidentally got on it, like, what would their experience be? And where does this train actually go? Because it feels like it has to go somewhere. Like it, And I feel like just because it's not meant for our world, the people who do get on it have this, like, very warped experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so curious, too, about people who've been on for a really long time, what happens to them? Because for, I mean... This is all, you know, legend says there's no this person like Susan John Dixon, age 39, got off at blah, blah, blah. Like there's no actual article saying what what happened. There's a lot of just hearsay. So I am curious what actually happens to people. And when witnesses say that they see these gaunt figures, these people that they believe to be dead, getting off of Silver Peelin and then disappearing, is that because Mm -hmm. there's some weird like wrinkle in time glitchy thing happening where once you're taken for too long you can no longer exist in the plane that you once were originated in and so you essentially disintegrate or do you just kind of evaporate and then repixelate back into this new dimension that you can be in right and then like what if it takes you to another dimension but like you have to reappear in this dimension because there needs to be some type of closure and maybe not everyone does reappear, but like mm. you come back as this like zombie like version of yourself because the real version of you is existing in another dimension because you got on the train. Wait, you know what? This reminds me so much of and I wonder if they found inspiration from this story to create what? Halloween Town because Calabar is taking all of the energy and life from people. They're basically turning into these zombies until they're nothing. And then there's the bus that comes in. So not a train, but a bus, but it's still carrying people to and from, and it's all yeah. warped and crazy and all over the place. It does have Polar Express vibes, too. Mm. Polar Express is a very scary movie. I feel like not enough people talk about that. It is not Christmas magic. It is fear. You know, I don't know the movie well. I just remember the book, and I really enjoyed the book. I liked the book, too. But when there's the whole scene with on top of the train, and it's supposed to be like Ghosts of Christmas Past, or there's a lot of scary moments. <laughs> And I watched it as an adult. I didn't watch it as a young (laughs) child for the first time. Like, I'm pretty sure I was 16 or so. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, okay. Another theory. Mm -hmm. We've talked about once, like, with doppelgangers and, like, how do doppelgangers get created? What if this train is how doppelgangers are created and the person who steps (sighs) off is not the real person but the doppelganger? Oh, my gosh. That's that really doppelganger creating creator train. I don't know. Yeah. And then they have to spend enough time around people who knew the actual original person to gain strength and life back to them. And that's why there's all those weird stories of someone thinking they saw someone at the grocery store or at the bar and that they were acting like just slightly off. It's because they're building themselves up. They're learning. They're learning. They're learning how to human. Yes. They're just trying to condition themselves to be exactly who you expect them to be. Wow. Is it bad that I'm really fascinated I want to go step on this train? I think it is bad. But if that does happen, we should... I keep forgetting phones exist. I really want to use a walkie-talkie. 
I keep suggesting walkie-talkies to people, and everyone's like, we have phones. That's what phones are. I'm like, oh! I know, but a walkie-talkie does feel, like, more immediate because someone doesn't have to answer. You just, like, talk into it. It just is. There's walkie-talkie on your Apple Watch. We can do this. We should set up yeah, our... Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I can't wait. All right. Okay. We'll walkie-talk. I don't know how to set it up, we'll so it we'll, we'll do it after. Yeah. I'm still learning how to use my Apple Watch today. I figured out how to turn the volume off, so... <laughs> I'm very inept when it comes to technology. That's okay. But we're learning. We're doing things. We're... Weird audio. Weird audio. Oh, no. Why does this always happen? Talk again. Hello. Okay. It's back to normal. Okay. All right. Well, this is... You know, you've had... You, you've had an, a day. You're extremely tired. You've had a microphone thrown at your face. The sound is being distorted and warped. You just... And you just came back from New York for like... From being there for three weeks. Yeah. So but all I want is to be in my bed. Well, since we're not going traveling far, far too away far <laughs> to the north of Sweden, we're talking the Vicarage of Borgatnet. It is said to be the most haunted house in all of Sweden and currently operates as a cozy little B&B. But a night at the Vicarage is anything but cozy. There are spirits staring at you while you sleep, women crying and screaming, Blankets being tugged off your sleeping body, or maybe a small hand pulling on your toes, or an icy chill running through your bones, and you know, perhaps some shadow people peering at you through dark hallways. My gosh. Because that's a better way to describe the old vicarage. Borgatnet is a tiny little town in northern Sweden with about 50 year-round residents, and if you drive through the small town, there's a small chainsaw factory and tiny little homes. And it's just such a small town that even Google Maps doesn't let you walk through it. You know that our favorite feature mm. of Google Maps where you can put the little person down and walk Dang through? Dang it. Not even allowed in wow. that's That's wild because you can walk through a lot of parts of Greenland and they have no, no residents. So. Or maybe I'm... Also really bad at technology, but I tried multiple places to put the little guy down and it said, having trouble locating where you are. Oh, oh, just a veil covering that area. Even the satellites, even Google Earth can't go there. Yep. But people of the town have said that there are more ghosts per capita than living beings in Borgatnet, all of which reside in the old vicarage. So as a little bit of history, people first began settling in the town in the 1700s, and after some time, a church was constructed, and then in 1876, the vicarage was constructed just a kilometer from the church. And if you're not familiar, a vicarage is the house where the priest and clergymen live, and I was super enticed to do this story because in our last encounters, or maybe two encounters ago, we read a story from a listener who lived in the vicarage of a church with her family and was plagued by so many paranormal mm. experiences. She's the one who sprained her ankle. Oh, yes. Because the spirit threw her. Churches are very haunted. Very, very. You would think that they would not be, but they... they spooky. Show me a non-haunted church. Right. I mean, they call upon the Holy Spirit every time. They're always opening the door. I don't know that that's true. I don't have very much knowledge, but I feel like... Me neither. I spent the majority of my church going days sitting in pews just like trying to imagine what other the inside of other people's homes looked like <laughs> or planning out my escape path should any emergency happen in the church. I'm always planning my escape yeah. path. It was like imagination meets anxiety meets boredom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You are. We are the Zillow SNL sketch. Have you seen that? Oh, is that the one that's like something better than porn? Zillow. Yep. <laughs> yes. I felt called out. That's us. Yep. Me too. Okay. So 
This vicarage was like in the perfect location. It had tons of land and it allowed the priests to cultivate the land and farm their own food supplies. So it was fantastic. People were very stoked on it. And on July 3rd, 1876, Father Johann Strindberg became the very first priest of Borgatnet and he inhabited the vicarage. So for years, the vicarage provided a place to eat, read, and sleep in a very peaceful manner. But that peace soon diminished and gave way to a strange energy, a very uneasy energy, and someone or something unexplainable began to occur. So 50 years after opening, in 1927, the chaplain at the time, Niels Hedlund, began to notice strange things in the vicarage. At first, they seemed harmless. Strange noises when he was alone in the home, laundry being torn off the line moments after hanging it, and the strange sensation of being watched, observed by a pair of eyes, if not more than just one pair. In the 1930s, Neil's successor, Rudolf Tangden, claimed to see the ghost of a woman in the house. Rudolf and his wife were the first to see the Lady in Grey, as she has been now nicknamed. Rudolph was sitting in his room one evening when he noticed a woman in a gray dress in the adjoining room. And at first he thought it was his wife, so he called out to her, but there was no response. He just continued to see this woman kind of like lurking there. So confused, he stood up to approach her and started to ask if she needed any help. And as he got closer to her, he realized this was not his wife. This was someone he had never seen before. So he was even more concerned that this woman needed help because it's the vicarage. It's a place that people would go to Mm -hmm. for help. But as he entered the room that she was in, the woman just vanished. Then in the 1940s, the next chaplain and his wife were said to have experienced strange sounds and things moving around the home by themselves. In 1941, a woman was staying in a guest room of the vicarage and woke up around 2 a.m. with the odd sensation that someone was watching her. So she turned her head to scan the room and was shocked to find three women sitting on a couch staring at her, watching her sleep. Ooh, ooh, ooh. At first I was like, how fun. You get to be in the afterlife with your girlfriends all hanging out on the couch. No, that's not a nice activity. No. That behavior is off. Yes. And she like blinked a few times and then the woman disappeared. Mm. Like, how do you sleep after that? No. I don't know. Then in 1945, the chaplain Eric Lindgren moved into the vicarage and began documenting his own encounters in a journal. And this is where all the encounters have become very, very well documented. And also when the vicarage became known for the paranormal experiences and kind of became a sensation. So when he moved into the vicarage, he would brought with him a rocking chair and he'd spend his evenings in the chair reading a book and relaxing. But very shortly after moving in, something decided that they did not like Eric sitting in the chair because one evening Eric was sitting in the chair and he was almost immediately shoved out of it by some unseen force. Oh my gosh. And at first he was like, okay, that's super weird. But like, maybe I just like had like a little like muscle spasm and fell out of the chair. So he goes to sit down in it again. And within seconds, the same thing happens again. And he is now realizing it feels like a pair of hands are pushing him off the chair. So he doesn't try again to sit in that chair that night. But then as days continue, he tries to sit in it. And without fail, every single time he tries to sit in the chair, he is thrown out of it. Do you think someone was sitting there and he was just sitting on the ghost? It's Mm -hmm. like when people try to sit on you because they don't see you. (laughs) And the person's just like, oh my God, I'm sitting here. 
here. Yeah. Or I, yeah, I mean, it sounds like some spirit loved that chair and was just like, excuse me, Eric, this is my chair. Don't sit in it. Even though poor Eric brought the chair, it's definitely his, but some ghost really took to this it. This is my lazy boy. <laughs> yeah. Even today, whatever spirit has chosen this chair is still there because even today, the chair will begin to rock back and forth, back and forth when there is no one visibly there. Uh, during Eric's time at the vicarage, activity spiked and reached its peak poltergeist potential. And whatever spirit or spirits were in the home, they were plaguing the home with constant paranormal activity. More than just shoving him out of the chair, things were being thrown all hours of the day and night. He was like being woken up by sheets being pulled off of his feet. Mm. And it just was like constant. And Eric was the last to live in the vicarage. And after he left, it became a place for paranormal enthusiasts or doubters to spend the night and investigate. And the reports were so intense that it gained national attention and was mentioned in the national press. Its reputation continued to precede it. And soon scholars of the paranormal and beyond began wanting to further investigate the house. And there was one very notable man who investigated the house. And his name was Tor Forsland. And Tor was what, which is a phrase I've never heard before, but what they called a ghost priest. So he basically was a religious man who toted himself as like someone who can get rid of ghosts. Oh, okay. And he was on a mission to rid the town of the evil within it. But he's a very complicated figure because as the more I did research on him, I was like, oh, he didn't actually believe in the paranormal. He almost went places to try to, like, disprove the paranormal. Mm. So Tor visited the vicarage in the early 1980s and claimed to want to rid the vicarage of the paranormal. But he also had a very strong disliking toward the occult and the paranormal. And he basically wanted to prove that it wasn't real and that the vicarage was never haunted. He had a very low outlook on the town because the town kind of embraced this vicarage and was like, ooh, like, look at this haunted place and all these spirits who are here and thought it would bring tourism to them. So much so that they started selling like miniature angels and devils in the village shop. And then they would encourage tourists to spend the night at the vicarage. And if they were able to spend the night without fleeing, they were given a diploma or a certificate of like a congrats, you successfully spent the wow. night. Which I think is very cute and endearing. But Tor despised that and was very against mm. the town's outlook on this. And he ultimately failed. Because the ghosts at the vicarage were very much real and not going anywhere. And so he had to give up. So after like two years, I think it was, he left the town. And some even think that he made the activity at the vicarage worse. Well, because the ghosts are still very, very, very much active. Yeah. And I would think that spirits that were there after having enjoyed everyone else's believement that's not a word but <laughs> but after after feeling seen and then having some other guy come in and be like this isn't anything and you don't blah yeah. blah, blah of course they're gonna get riled up and they're like who are you we're, we're staying you can leave we're staying yeah we're gonna be more active to prove you wrong. right i would because grudges man mm -hmm. we're good at this <laughs> great <laughs> a plus in the grudge department a plus grudge We'll get diplomas for that. <laughs> so today, the vicarage is owned by Tony and Nichols Lackinson, and it currently operates as a and b And Tony and Nichols said that the first night that they stayed overnight at the home, they were struck by intense headaches and felt like they were not alone and being watched the entire time. And they believe 
that the spirits were like ailing them and giving them these headaches to try to force them to leave. Almost as if the spirits want the home to themselves, which would make sense with, again, with the spirit kicking mm. Eric out of his chair and like throwing the laundry off the, the line because it's like, get out, basically. And so the current owners, the first night they spent, they were only able to spend 24 hours there and then they left. Wow. They own it. Many theories have been proposed in order to explain the paranormal occurrences and it's believed that the place is haunted by spirits of the former vicars is one theory. Some people say the vicarage was home to many tragedies, many that were not documented. It's said that at least five children have died in the home. But I mean, aside from one child that I could find a story about, mm -hmm. but I couldn't really find anything. So there is one story, which there's some debate over, but there's a version of the tale that tells a story of a maid who killed her newborn and buried it beneath the window of the pink room. Mm. And now the the vicarage is split into, I don't know how many rooms exactly, but there's like the blue room, the crying room, the pink room, and the pink room is where a lot of people experience some very intense paranormal stuff. So the other version of the story is that a priest had an affair with a nun and the nun became pregnant. and when the nun told the priest that she became pregnant, apparently he locked her in the pink room of the vicarage and the woman was forced to like spend her pregnancy in this room by herself. And after many months of torment and despair, she went into labor. But sadly, she and the child died during childbirth. And then the priest was said to then have buried the nun and the child beneath the window of the pink wow. room. But again, like none of these stories are documented. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to know who the spirits are and what's causing the paranormal experiences. Uh, there's another story. And this one's kind of interesting because it makes sense with the timeline of this vicarage was open and functioning for 50 years before there was any paranormal experiences. So this story involves the priest Per Hundland, who lost his wife in childbirth. And she died after giving birth to her 11th child. And so as per the advice of the villagers, he buried her body near the vicarage. But apparently it's believed that he dug her body up and carried it with him when he moved away. And when he moved away, his son became the chaplain, Niels Hedlund. And Niels lived in the vicarage then. And Niels was the first priest to notice the strange occurrences and the paranormal occurrences in the vicarage. So some people believe that it's tied to his father moving his mother's body oh that activated the you know the paranormal right. or some type of energy in that land mm -hmm. i don't know it, how it accounts for all the other spirits but maybe like she her spirit stayed there and kind of gave energy to the, all the other spirits who had passed away there i don't know yeah or maybe just the disruption on the land yeah caused true. enough curiosity that it mm -hmm. somehow opened up a portal yeah maybe I don't know, but almost every single person who has stayed at the vicarage today has experienced some kind of paranormal activity. Many of the guests that have stayed there have reported instances of strange happenings, including crying sounds, knocking, sounds of people on the floor above them when they're the only ones in the house, ghostly reflections in the mirrors. One couple that stayed at the vicarage recounted an incident where the husband was mysteriously grabbed by an unseen force and dragged across the mm -hmm. staircase. Scared out of their wits, they spent the rest of the night outside in a tent and didn't dare to step one foot into the vicarage. I would be scared to of, even like, just be on the property, like even outside on the tent. Like I know, I would go home. Ooh, you don't have lights or, or anything. Like I know. Be chased Terrifying. through an open field by a ghost? No thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. That's very Roanoke. Yeah, or broken girls. Mm -hmm. uh, there are knickknacks and tchotchkes in the home that just move on their own. 
So it's still like poltergeist activity. One room that has been nicknamed the crying room because, as I'm sure you can guess, people hear people crying Mm. in that room only then to find it completely empty. Some have walked in to find three women sitting on the couch. So these three women continue to appear on this couch and then the women disappear In the blue room, people have heard the whimpers and cries of young children. Sometimes the people who spend the night in the blue room will feel someone pull the sheets off of them in the middle of the night. Many people have fled in the middle of the night. It is not just a few people. It is a lot of people who stay there find it almost impossible to sleep. Wow. It has become a place where a lot of people go now to do overnights and do paranormal-like experiences and investigate. Um, There are videos online of people doing seances in the home. So it does seem like if you're just renting one room, you're probably going to be there with a bunch of people who are trying to stay up all night to see what ghosts are there. Mm. Rooms start at $25 US dollars a night, or you can rent the entire house for $285 US dollars a night, which is a pretty sweet deal. My gosh. I don't know why the first thought that came to my mind was like, bachelorette party? <laughs> no, I <laughs> do not attend. Well, I mean, we're basically doing that in New Orleans whenever we no. go to my bachelorette. Yeah, so many ghost tours. So many, I can't wait. Yeah, this whole thing is just, when did you say that, or who gave out the certificates? The town. The town. See, that doesn't seem as like, oh, that's so that's so cute. That actually seems now after hearing about this and how many people flee, that's a huge accomplishment. It's a huge accomplishment. This is horrifying. And honestly, if I did, I mean, I wouldn't stay there, but if I did need to stay there, I am glad, I would be glad that there were other people up and like running around and trying to capture something because yeah I feel like they would be a distraction and if I did hear anything I'd be like oh it's just one of the paranormal investigators moving about mm-hmm. or I would yeah, hope that's true yeah I don't think people go there anymore to try to sleep that's that is a place where Sabrina if we ever went which we're not because I refuse <laughs> but if we ever went that would be a place where I you would have to hold my hand the entire time we would never separate <laughs> I don't care what we're doing we're holding a hand funny. while I'm going to the bathroom like we are never not holding hands so funny you said that because i was watching a video of um i was watching a youtube video about it and there are these two guys and i'm blanking on the name of the youtube channel so i'll try to find it but they they feel i feel like we would be really good friends with them because they have a very similar banter between the two of them and one of them woke up in the middle of the night and was like Will you go to the bathroom with me? And then it's just a video of the two of them in the bathroom together. And I was like, this is correct. We do that virtually now. Yeah, Like we hang up and we're like, see you on the other side. And then I'm like, I need to shower. Will you stay with me for 10 minutes while I shower? Will you just be on the counter? (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. My favorite. We've been through so much. We have. And you know what's maybe a little funny, but also a little pathetic is that we... The video you saw were was of two guys that were actually, I'm assuming, like at a haunted place, like staying in a location. Yeah. You and I are in our own homes and are scaring ourselves without actually having touched down and stepped into these places because they're terrifying enough that you don't have to actually physically be present to have the fear instilled right. within you. But to be fair, we both know that any place can be haunted. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about it, you then open up or sometimes you can open up an avenue for the paranormal to come in yes. and scare us. So it's fair that we get scared. Plenty has happened while we were recording. You guys have yes. been there and things have happened to you too. The microphone was literally just thrown at my face. So. That was, that actually happened. Cause it didn't just, I mean, 
I wish when we're recording our next encounters, we're actually doing it on video. And I wish that it was this one that we did on video because it didn't feel like it just dropped down and the weight of the microphone would feel like it dropped down. Like it came towards you. It came at you. You you had to duck. I did. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, What's interesting about the vicarage though is like, no matter how much research I did and where I was looking, you just couldn't find really what the history of what happened there was. Like, you, mm. like I could find, a, you know, a list of the priests who lived there and then, you know, 1927 or whatever year it was, that like the paranormal stuff started occurring or that there's records of it. But it wasn't very detailed in terms of like deaths or the history of it. I wonder if the owners know if they were given that information when they were mm. given the, the deed and, and property info. I also wonder if the owners well, are involved at all like if they just don't want to stay there but are still like you know coming on property checking things out or if they're very much like this can be an operation that <laughs> that happens and occurs outside of us like don't involve us just we <laughs> hired you do do your thing i don't want to hear about our haunted property i mean i bet they they're involved like i don't know it sounds like they bought it because they were intrigued by the history of it so mm. oh you know what that just triggered a memory of what we need to google this do you remember last year or maybe it was the year before that couple bought the house that was that the haunting of connecticut was based off of <gasps> yeah and they put they they moved in for like a month and put cameras up and were planning on <gasps> on basically How filming everything followed up on this? i don't know but that just you just made me remember I'm looking it up. I mean, I'm sure they're probably not going to say anything and, and sell the video somewhere. Make a movie, documentary. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm curious, though. I want to know what happened. Because I'm if I'm remembering correctly, they were only planning on staying there for about a month and then we're going to leave. I can't find anything. Okay. Well, I'll do some research and maybe report back. Yeah. I'll try to remember to, to do that before we have our encounters or our next Ugh. episode. Now I just want to spend the, the rest of my night in the deep web, but I know I should I know. It's so tempting. Also, I have Reddit now. I downloaded Reddit when all of the GameStop stuff was happening because I wanted to see what the people of the internet were talking about. <laughs> and oh my gosh, all of those creepy Reddit accounts. Ooh, you can go oh my so God. Reddit deep. And the stories on Reddit are so scary. You sent me an Instagram the other day where everyone in the comments was were talking about the creepy things their children had said to them. Yes. That one was good. Ooh, that one was good. I think it was on like a serial killer memes Instagram page. Yeah, a lot of potential with scary kid stories. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Listener stories. What do you got? This is from Elon. Hello, two girls, one ghost. 
Thanks for a lovely podcast. I wanted to tell you about when my daughter told me the most creepiest thing in our haunted house. This is a story from my house in northern Sweden. We moved into our house, which was built in the late 1930s, in December of 2012. Our family then was me, my husband, and our daughter, who was then one and a half years old. We started to renovate and make ourselves feel at home in the new house, but after a while, strange things started to happen. It all began with small things, like things falling down, radios starting to play without us touching them. But one night, when I was home alone with my daughter sleeping upstairs, I was sitting on the sofa watching TV with our cat in my lap when something fell down the stairs and into our basement. You could hear glass breaking when something was falling down the staircase, like bam, bam, bam. And the cat got up terrified, and I went to go see what had broken, but nothing had fallen down the stairs. There was no sign of broken glass. Nothing was out of place. Another time, I was sitting on the toilet with the door open, with small children, you never get to close the door, when I just sat down to do what you do on the toilet, and I saw the door to the garage in front of me open. I put my pants on, I closed the door, and I sat down again, and the door once again opened. That was not the only time doors opened on their own in our house. We often found our front door opened and thought that it was a bit strange because we were sure of it being closed. Yeah, that's scary. Very scary. I'd be like, my God, don't let intruders into this home. Keep us safe. Like if you're going to stay, at least have some respect for everyone else here. So when me and my husband brushed our teeth one night in our little bathroom beside our front door, something tried to harshly open the door. We had locked it. And I flew out of the bathroom and quickly unlocked the door to get what I thought was children pranking us. But outside, there was not a sign of anyone. And there was no way the children could have gotten away that quickly. There was nowhere to hide. My husband was so angry with me. He had gotten scared of a burglar attacking me when I was throwing myself out of the door. (laughs) But that experience, not even my very skeptic husband could explain. But the creepiest thing was when our daughter started talking about a man standing in her room at night. Nope. Then she started to get scared of our little hallway where our little bathroom was. She never wanted to go there and wash her hands after dinner on her own. One day I got really tired of this and I asked her why she didn't want to go on her own. And she explained to me that it was because the angry man was in the hallway. I then asked her where the man was and she pointed to a spot in the hallway and said, he's right there, mommy. I was so startled. And I said, well, maybe he just needs a hug. Then she went into the hallway and she hugged someone that I could not see. (gasps) After that, all of the activity in our home stopped. What? I want to add that although many strange things happened our first few years in the house, I was never truly scared. I had always felt safe and happy in our house besides the time when my daughter told me about the angry man and then hugged him. See you on the other side, Elin. Whoa. Her daughter saved their haunted house by just hugging the spirit. Hugging the spirit. Okay, that could have gone... He'd been ignored for years. That could have gone in a complete opposite way. And I'm so glad that the ghost just needed a hug. I know. I love it. It makes me... I made up this really sad backstory in in my mind that this man had lived there forever and he had lost his wife and they didn't have any other friends or family and he was really old and he basically just you know, went out without many people and there was no one there to remember him. So his wife got to move on and he was left to remember her, but he had no one to remember him. And so he was heartbroken and he was waiting for someone to be able to give him that love and support that he was able to give the spirit of his wife when she moved on. Whoa. 
That's my backstory for this man as to why he could have been angry, but then cured by a hug. Or also maybe he lost a child or something sad like that. And yeah, where he was distant from his child and, and left this life without making amends. And so seeing her daughter gave him some hope or he thought of his own daughter when he saw her and yes. a hug. just needed a hug and then he felt totally fine and now he's happy and he's at peace wow i don't recommend trying to hug a ghost if no. you see an angry ghost but i do love this story me too it kind of reminds me of the plot of up but uh, yeah but elon's daughter he's alive <laughs> elon's daughter is the, the little boy scout and Aww. yeah so cute Yeah, right? This took such a turn. I loved this email when I read it because I was like, wow, this really looked like it was going to go in a really bad direction. And instead, everything was just solved by By this act of compassion. But again, don't hug ghosts, (laughs) especially if they're being angry at you because you don't know what they are. Yeah, we don't advise that. What did you pick? I have a story from E. And the subject line is, good day from Australia. I stayed in a haunted holiday house. Hello, hello. I found your podcast about a month ago and have been binging ever since, currently up to episode 40 or something, and loving it. Strap in. It's a long one. I already cut out so much, so this is as short as I could get it. Here goes my scariest ghost story, which I think was more demonic than ghostly. So when I was younger, me and my family would stay at a holiday house in a place called Fairhaven. I should mention I'm from Australia, Victoria. And Fairhaven is a small beach town of the Great Ocean Road. We had been staying there for over 10 years, and we all loved it. One year, we couldn't stay there because the house was getting somewhat renovated, and I had taken annual leave, so I had two weeks off and still wanted to get away. My mom and dad left it to me and said, if you can find somewhere to stay, then we'll pay for it, and we can all go down for a week and still have the yearly beach holiday. So I get to searching, and I find this cute little old cottage house in Aries Inlet, which is only five minutes away from Fairhaven. I thought, perfect, not perfect. Anyways, it's the week of our getaway, and something came up, and my mom and dad were no longer coming down. So they told me to invite a bunch of friends down and still go. It will be fun, they said. So for the first three days, me and my two friends, Chelsea and Hope, were going to be down there. And then on the fourth day, two of my other friends, Jan and Hay, were coming down, as well as my sister Kate and her boyfriend, Sam. I drive down with my friend, Chelsea and Hope was going to come up by herself later in the evening. Chelsea and I arrive at the house, and as soon as we pull into the court, we see a dog standing on the road out the front, barking and barking and barking. At first, we were a bit worried that the dog was aggressive, but as we got out of the car, we realized the dog was just barking at the house. The dog was staring up into the window on the second floor, barking continuously. We got inside, and the dog kept going for about 20 minutes until it finally stopped. Looking back now... It's as if whatever this thing was that was in the house was waiting for us to arrive, looking out the window, and this dog could obviously see the thing observing us. The first two nights go by, and I barely sleep a wink. I can literally feel something in the room we slept in, staring at me. Anywhere I went in the house, I could feel it there. You would think I would feel safe because I shared the double bed with Chelsea and my other friend Hope was on a mattress on the floor near the bed but I could not shake this awful feeling of someone or something watching me. The fourth day arrives, and my other two friends come down as well as my sister and her boyfriend. And we decide to play drinking games and walk down to the local pub to have dinner, where I felt such a relief to be out of the house. We get back to the house, watch a movie, and decide to go to bed. 
and I finally slept like a baby that night. We wake up in the morning, have breakfast, and my friend Jan says she didn't have the best sleep. Hay, who slept with her, said she didn't either, because Jan kept waking her up because she was tossing and turning and sleep-talking. She was saying things like, get off me, and leave me alone. I should mention my friend Jan has also had plenty of ghost experiences in the past, hence why I think the thing visited her that night and left me alone. That's why I slept so good, because the thing wasn't in my room that night, but in theirs. I'll skip to the part where I had my most terrifying experience. It came to the weekend, and it was just my boyfriend and I staying at the house. We had other friends staying in Aries and Let too that weekend, which was the only reason I decided to go back down. I went home for a couple of nights before the weekend because I was exhausted, and I tried to convince my boyfriend we should just stay home, but he thought it would be a waste not to use the house, especially because our good friends were going to be down there. So, we get there, eat dinner, watch some TV, and go to bed. I decide to watch movies on my laptop because, of course, I was feeling uneasy because this thing was in the bedroom watching my every move. It was about 3.30 a.m., and I was exhausted, and I finally dozed off. But then I have this dream, which wasn't exactly a dream because I was watching myself. My boyfriend turned over to spoon me, and I was watching him do this from above, if that makes any sense. While he's turning over to spoon me, I'm thinking, no, 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 that's not my boyfriend. And as soon as his hand wraps around me, I wake up fully, push it off of me, and run out of the room screaming. I was standing in the doorway looking at him, shit scared. He wakes up and asks me what I'm doing, and I explain it to him, but he wasn't a believer, so he goes back to sleep. I obviously did not. In the morning, he could barely remember what had happened. I think whatever was in that house was so evil, it was as if it was feeding off my energy and literally draining me from head to toe. I believe that night, it somehow went into my boyfriend for a split second to touch me, but I rejected it so hard that it couldn't stay in him. The next night, we slept in the car because there was no way in hell I was staying in that demonic house. (laughs) My boyfriend slept in the car with me because he could see how utterly terrified I was. Whatever it was, I think it stuck there because it did not follow me home, thank God. And my sister's boyfriend even confessed a few weeks later that he felt uneasy in that house. And he does not believe in any of that stuff. Anyway, that's all, folks. I have a heap more stories about sleep paralysis and other encounters, but I'll save them for another day. E. Wow. So he was saying that whatever was in there was likely draining all the energy from her, but Mm -hmm. it it also made me feel like maybe it was draining some energy from her boyfriend. Yes, he could have, he could have been, you know, possessed for a moment by that spirit, but it sounds like when he woke up and asked her what she was doing, that was him again. But the fact that he hardly remembered anything the next morning just made me feel like he just had this kind of like pull back into slumber and was way too groggy and could not recall the night before. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just pulling energy from everyone and right. then just trying to get really close to E. Ugh, it's so weird because it sounds like it targeted E, but then the second that Jan or I think it was Jan or E's other friend came who was way more open to the paranormal, it latched onto them. So it's like mm. it was targeting the people who could see it or experience it or feel it the most, you know? That kind of makes sense, though, because if you think about it, the people that are more open or that have experience with paranormal, oftentimes I feel like you do something or or you're capable of something that you don't quite understand, whether that be protecting someone else with your energy or, or what have you. Right. And so maybe it targets those types of people to drain them of their energy and then slowly drain everyone else around them that could potentially help them. 
Nope. Don't like it. Yeah. Hard no. Hard no. Jeez. I wonder what the exact address is. Because I'm just thinking like, you know, you go to Australia and you're like (laughs) right along the water. What a what a great place to be. I would want to be there right now because it's summer there. It's probably (laughs) so nice. That does sound nice. But then you get this horrifying experience. You know what? I'm I'm really glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that E's boyfriend actually did sleep in the car with her. I'm glad to hear that it wasn't that thing where right where E was scared, went into the car, and her boyfriend was like, "Whatever, you're fine. I'm I'm sleeping in there." Whether he believed it or not, he was supportive, and I am happy that that happened. And I support people being supportive of one another. Yes, <laughs> we love support. Support, support. We love support. Love it. Someone is baking chocolate chip cookies in a neighboring apartment and it is oh. coming into this apartment and it's all I can smell right now. Wait, yum. Jealous. You got to make your own. And also our listeners, okay, I'm going to equate this to your neighbors making cookies. If you have ghost stories and you're hoarding them to yourself, it's as if you're making cookies and wafting the smell into our apartment and not sharing with us. So please email us your <laughs> ghost stories because we want to read them. Uh, email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com you can also support us by rating and reviewing on itunes that's huge do that for us do that for all of the podcasts you listen to it helps bump us up on the charts which does a few things number one makes us feel good about ourselves (laughs) number two it helps other people find us and number three the more people that find us the more chance of getting sponsorship the more chance of us being able to be supported enough to keep this podcast going so you're just truly helping us out here and you can also word of mouth is huge pyramid scheme you've heard it all before uh you can also support us on patreon and we will see you on the other side As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.